Aizuddin Muhammad Anwar and I am currently a PhD student in education at the University of Oxford. I am going to be reading from a blog post that I wrote on the 28th of May while I was uh, conducting my PhD fieldwork in Malaysia um, and uh, it was during the lockdown due to the pandemic. There are times when I feel like I am reliving the same day over and over. At my family home in the interior of Pahang, Malaysia, I pace indoors, coated by the punishing midday heat. I am slowly forgetting the contours of the landscape beyond the boundaries of the home. We wait for this dream to subside. A pandemic has seized the gaps and cracks between what were once mobile bodies, connected places, and the normal rhythm of time, congealing as if by magic, suspending everything in slow motion. Maybe you can start writing random stuff, my friend A recently suggests, as a means of assuaging my anxiety. I tell her I have been working on some academic writing. Tersely, she points out that this is work, not the kind of writing she had in mind. So I return to this platform in hopes of writing something that is not work, but I already know I will disappoint A. It has been two months since I last recorded my updates here. Between then and now, the Malaysian government has extended the Movement Control Order, or MCO, twice to contain the COVID-19 virus, first for two weeks, followed by a month to conclude on the 9th of June. What lies beyond remains uncertain, such is the maxim of the new normal. In lockdown, I celebrated my birthday with self-saucing chocolate pudding made by my younger sisters. Over WhatsApp calls, my nephew told me excitedly, repeatedly, perhaps divulging a cautious secret, he will be getting a younger sibling by the end of this year. As if observing from the outside instead of enduring, the fasting month of Ramadan rapidly, dreamily spills into subdued Idil Fitri celebrations. Yet amidst all these happenings, Still, there are times when I feel like I am reliving the same day over and over. When I have the headspace, I engage with think pieces expounding the pandemic. They alert and teach me of COVID-19's social situatedness and salad of implications. At once, the pandemic is many things. A window into the politics of Malaysian food, a backdrop for troubled stories, the work of our own collective hands, a portal, and an opportunity for radical hope. The pandemic and its potentialities in every direction continue to evolve. It seems like we can't keep up, but we try anyways. What can we do otherwise? In his memoir, When Breath Becomes Air, the Dr. Paul Kalaniti wrote, And so it was literature that brought me back to life during this time. The monolithic uncertainty of my future was deadening. Everywhere I turned, the shadow of death obscured the meaning of any action. I remember the moment when my overwhelming unease yielded, when that seemingly impassable sea of uncertainty parted. I woke up in pain, facing another day. No project beyond breakfast seemed tenable. I can't go on, I thought, and immediately its antiphon responded, completing Samuel Beckett's seven words, words I had learned long ago as an undergraduate. I'll go on. I got out of bed and took a step forward. 
repeating the phrase over and over, I can't go on, I'll go on. In this time, I grasp at a number of activities to remind myself that despite being home in the lulling comfort of family and that my fieldwork has been disrupted, I am still a PhD student engaging in the life of the mind, forging an academic identity somehow amidst the chaos. The writing of field notes continue, however sparse and ambivalent they may be in this time. Am I technically in the field? I participated in virtual CIES conference, finding comfort and hope in the virtual company of my academic discipline, comparative and international education. Slowly, through challenging and hazy days of writing, aided by what seems like divine intervention, draft manuscript for a journal article and a book chapter are birthed. I practiced peer reviewing through the opportunity to support a graduate student journal. Webinars on critical pedagogy, poverty and the pandemic, a movie here and a documentary there. This PhD continues, I convince myself, even when I don't feel up for it on certain days and lay in bed motionless, even when progress appears glacial, even when it seems like such an inconsequential project when the world seems to collapse. The sociologist Laurel Richardson wrote in Getting Personal, Writing Stories, we reword the world, erase the computer screen, check the thesaurus, move a paragraph again and again. This worded world never accurately, precisely, completely captures the studied world, yet we persist in trying. Writing as a method of inquiry honors and encourages the trying, recognizing it as emblematic of the significance of language. I write because I want to find something out. I write in order to learn something that I did not know before I wrote it. On the 15th of April, the Malaysian Minister of Education issued a press statement outlining plans for schooling post-pandemic. Examinations are postponed or cancelled. Schools will eventually open gradually, with two weeks advance notice. My mother asks about the fate of my fieldwork. Half frustrated, half joking, I facetiously remark that I will drop out of my PhD. She turns serious, reminding me to complete what I have started, whatever it may take, after I had gone and upended what seemed like a comfortable life. I ask her to pray for just that. Over these past two months, I have reluctantly been revising my application for ethical clearance to move data collection into the online realm. I'm learning that to pause in this moment, to not rush into troubleshooting, to hold space for how my informants are adjusting to the circumstances of lockdown is an act of care, an ethics transcending bureaucracy. I choose to wait things out. In retrospect and introspect, I allowed myself time to mourn the loss of my original design and all the lofty aspirations infused therein. No doubt the pandemic disrupts the currents of the field, altering the course of work within it. How can it not? I anxiously wonder how the novel shape of my study, perhaps the last thing on my informants' minds in this troubling time, will unfold. Where is the silver lining? My friend M assures me, it is time to have patience and tranquility, as our research is not disconnected with social flows, and that includes this pandemic. What next? With ethical clearance to alter my research design freshly received, 
I now slowly work on the associated practicalities, but I still long for the sight of my fieldwork. Aidil Fitri wishes are exchanged with teachers alongside jokes. Students tell me they are happy to be out of school, but also bored by the prolonged lockdown. We trade movie recommendations. A teacher sitting beside me in the staff room where I have been given a cubicle, who shares bread and stories with me, calls to inform that my car tires have gone flat due to immobility. When I returned home with my parents in mid-March, I had left the car, borrowed from my mother, and other possessions, clothes and books, among others, at the site. I had assumed I would be back in the field after one week school holiday. This was before lockdown became the norm. A week away has now stretched into 10 and counting. Despite the circumstances, relations and objects tether me to the field and I hold on tight. This gives me hope of returning eventually, even if only to say goodbye. For now, I leave this space with a poem on patience and wisdom, a balm for the restless soul that treads on the slowly forming ground. This poem is called Slowly, Slowly Wisdom Gathers by Mark Van Doren. Slowly, slowly wisdom gathers, golden dust in the afternoon, somewhere between the sun and me, sometimes so near that I can see, yet never settling late or soon. Would that it did, and a rug of gold spread west of me a mile or more, not large, but so that I might lie, face up between the earth and sky, and know what none has known before. Then I would tell as best I could the secrets of that shining place, the web of the world, how thick, how thin, how firm, with all things folded in, how ancient and how full of grace.